Hello, my name is Josh. I'm Jamie. And welcome to A Conversation with Two Geeks, the podcast where we talk about movies, comics, and everything in between. Today, we're going to be talking about everything from the official trailer to Don't Worry, Darling, to our spoiler, and I mean spoiler, thoughts on Doctor Strange and Multiverse and Madness, and much more. Also, feel free to follow us on all our social media platforms. We're on Twitter at Combo with Two Geeks. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation with Two Geeks, but all the way out. And if you feel like emailing us about anything from this episode or a previous episode, we're at conversation with two geeks at gmail.com. You can also find our back catalog on Spotify, a podcast, Google Podcasts, and where podcasts are listened to. Yeah. Anyways, how are you today, Jamie? I'm okay. How are you doing? How are you? I'm 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 okay as well. I'm still I'm just moved into a new place and stuff, and I still don't have any furniture, despite mm-hmm. it being now two weeks. Like I'm I'm literally on top of an air mattress. Oh man, yeah, my back. Uh, yeah, my back is gonna. Oh uh, god, I think my back hates me. Oh yeah, you. Yeah, all right, but yeah, either way. Um, but yeah, anyways, moving on to our first topic of the day. Uh, we got an official trailer for "Don't Worry, Darling." The synopsis reads: Alice, played by Florence Pugh, and Jack, played by Harry Styles, are lucky to be living in the idealized community of Victory, the experimental company company town housing the men who work for the top secret Victory project and their families. The 1950s social optimism espoused by their CEO Frank, played by Chris Pine, equal parts corporate visionary and motivational life coach, anchors every aspect of daily life in their in the tight knit. Desert Utopia, while the husbands spend every day day inside the Victory Project headquarters working on the developmental of progressive materials, their wives, including uh, Frank's elegant partner, Shelly, gets to spend their time enjoying the beauty, luxury, and debauchery of their community. Life is perfect with every resident's needs met by the company. All they ask for is return is discretion and unquestioning commitment to the Victory cause. But when cracks in their idyllic life begin to appear, exposing flashes of something much more sinister lurking beneath the attractive facade. Alice can't help questioning exactly what they're doing in Victory and why, just as how much how much is Alice willing to lose to expose what's really going on in this paradise. Directed by Olivia Wilde and English in the Pew, Styles and Pine, the film stars Gemma Chan, Kiki Lane, Nick Kroll, and Kate Berlant. The film is set to release on September 23rd. Jamie, what'd you think about this trailer? This this movie is going to be interesting. Um, I didn't know that Florence Pugh and Harry Styles was a duo that I needed, but I guess <laughs> it's going to happen. Uh, I'm, um, I'm with you. I'm it's going to be a lot. I feel like a lot of people are like, are we going to be able to handle this movie? Um, I've, al- I've, al- I've already like, seen the Florence first stuff on Twitter. Looks like she's going to kill it. So I'm pretty excited to see uh, her because yeah. I she really like does well in these kind of roles so i mm-hmm. think she's gonna have a lot of fun with it um yeah and stuff and yeah i mean it looks looks very interesting so yeah i'm i'm just yeah a lot of people especially on twitter are like i don't know if we can handle styles and it for and florence in this movie y'all it might be t- it might it's just break be a lot the, it might just break the internet it 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 really might honestly like it's gonna be a lot yeah so i mean there's already one sequence which uh, for the we sequ- have, i know exactly what you're gonna talk about <laughs> we don't have to talk about it we're not we're not we're not going to i'm not that well i'm i'm crude i can be crude but i'm not that crude <laughs> no i i know no <laughs> oh 
that's all, that's what I'm talking about. It's just there's I we don't know how much more of that kind of stuff is gonna be in this movie, so we're gonna have to see. <laughs> I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. That's all I could say. Also, isn't this is kind of celebrity news, and normally we don't talk about celebrity gossip on here, but I just have to mention it. Isn't Olivia Wilde dating Harry Styles? Honestly, I have no idea. I don't know. I think she is. You, I feel like that sounds right, but I honestly don't know. That's fair. So. That's fair. That's fair. I'm just like... No, I know. It's like ringing a bell now in my head, but I honestly don't know. I, I think she is. I'm not 100% sure, but either way. Yeah, this one does look interesting. I'm definitely also getting a separate, separate wise vibe from this. Mm-hmm. Which it, is... it looks like it's going to go... Um, pretty intense though with the uncovering the whole whatever is actually going on in this town and this project yeah so. also chris pine it's amazing I, yes um and like he, seeing him as a cult as a look he's this movie's essentially like he's like a cult leader essentially mm-hmm. I, I just seeing him in that role and like in that dinner scene where it's like no i know um no alice please explain i'm just like damn that I know that that scene that that's that scares me a little and like I I you know what this was first like full on like antagonist villain role I think so I I I I just try to rack my brain if he's played any like other villain roles because I can't think of any off the top of my head me neither I'm also just thinking like like he kind of who's he kind of, you know who he reminds me of? Um, oh. Another Chris. Um, did you ever see the movie Bad Times at the El Royale? Isn't that the one that Chris Hemsworth is in? Yep. I haven't seen it, but I, I, I don't know why I remember that, but I remember that Chris Hemsworth was in that. Chris Hemsworth plays a cult leader in that. Oh, really? Yeah, I think I he did plays, not know that. Yeah, I think he plays a Manson-like cult leader. And, he, and he's mostly shirtless throughout the whole entire... <laughs> of course he is. <laughs> but he's like really good and i kind of got that vibes from him so so yeah but either way i'm i'm digging this and considering that this is olivia's second movie like holy shit mm-hmm. like especially like because um you know she did book smart beforehand and now mm-hmm. she's going on to this so it's like ooh, you're you're moving up yeah for sure for sure moving on up Anyways, moving on to our next topic. According to THR, the Percy Jackson the Olympian series at Disney Plus has cast two more of its young heroes with Lee Savi Jeffries and Ar- Arayan uh, Samari. I-, I am sorry, I'm going to butcher this butcher these names. Uh, cast as Percy's close friends Annabeth Chase and Grover Underwood. In the books, Grover is a sitar, half human, half goat. This guy is a 12 year old boy and is Percy's best friend, while Annabeth, a true daughter of Athena, with a gift for strategy and a curious mind who has been stuck at Camp Half-Blood for the last five years and becomes Piercy's mentor towards the mix- mythic worlds of the gods. The two are set to join the series alongside the Adam Project star Walker Scoble, who has been cast as the titular lead. Um, so we got our trio. This is pretty exciting. Um, yeah. is And they're all the same. Like I feel like it's more age um age uh like in the books it's uh-huh. more accurate uh-huh. age wise so uh-huh. um hope all of you who wanted this 
like it's gonna be interesting. I, I I'm pretty excited. I'm, I'm not, um, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think I'm, they'll be good. I'm with you on there, especially with Warden involved. Mm-hmm. Like again, they really fumbled the ball with those original films. I know because it, it easily could have been like the next Harry Potter, but Fox just had to fuck it up. It really could have, and they had Logan Lerman, who is a fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. Like it's, there's it's, not like I know he was a lot older than the part that that people wanted Percy to be, mm-hmm. but he 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 was a good actor. Yeah, um, yeah. And so it's just gonna be it, yeah. Go ahead. And speaking of actor, I, I was gonna mention that um I saw a tweet saying um with I believe the original actress for Annabeth Alexander Daddario just came out in support. Oh, that's good. That's nice. So, yeah, I I have a lot of... I'm actually, like, legitimately excited. Especially having also seen the Adam Project with Walker in Mm -hmm. it, and, like, him being, like, deadly good Mm -hmm. in that, which, by the way, if you have not seen that movie, it's on Netflix. I highly recommend it. And, Mm -hmm. like, just for his performance alone as, like, a young Ryan Reynolds, holy shit. And, like... And, like, if you don't remember or if you haven't read the books, PC's kind of a little shit. Yeah, he's very sassy. He's very, very sarcastic. Very sassy. And I'm just like, and I'm just like, I already can see the chemistry forming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. It's going to be, yeah, I think it's going to be good. But I also want to say um, these are kids. So, like, be respectful to the kids. They're not yes. running the social media stuff. So, like, just don't be weird. They're they're literally minors, guys. Like, yes, I know and, we're all like very excited, but just don't don't be too much. Yeah, and and kids. yeah, and if you start harassing them, and trust me, I've already seen I've already started seeing the what the well not the what word I've already seen started seeing the assholes come out, mm-hmm. especially with some of this casting. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, gonna, excuse me while I go get Sheila the bat so I can start hitting people in the head. I know. We just, I, I, it's just, they're just kids. We just got to be respectful of the kids. Yeah. So. Leave them alone. Don't do any weird shit. And just don't be assholes, guys. Make an enjoyable experience for them. Don't like make it miserable. Yes. For them. Yes. Yes. So. Yes, indeed. Anyways, moving on to our second to last topic. And before we start this one, I do have to go into a little bit of backstory because I don't think we reported on it. I think Mm -hmm. we were off that week. Um, About a week or two ago, it was reported by multiple outlets that director Justin Lin, who was set to helm the the upcoming 10th installment of the Fast and Furious franchise, was leaving the project despite filming set to uh, set to start slash already started. As for why, while it wasn't publicly stated, the reported reason was that it was due to creative difference, create differences. According to THR, Liv, Lynn left due to a constantly changing script as Lynn is co-writing the movie alongside uh, screenwriter Dan Menzu. Uh, enough, of the, enough of the process of making a fast movie and enough of the managing from the movie's driving star and film producer Vin Diesel, who was reportedly stalling the script being locked down with new notes, resulting in a slam door, and Justin saying, this movie is not worth my mental health. Which leads to now, where according to Variety, the Incredible Hulk and Now You See Me director, Louis Satir, is set to take over the director's chair with Linton, set to now serve as just a writer and producer on the project. According to the article, Lynn, who beat out numerous candidates for the job, her sources was Universal's first choice. He is about to inherit a production where, according to HR, has on the main, has, um, on the main unit paused 
while the second unit continues filming in the UK with Diesel, Theron, and J- uh, Charlie Theron, and Jason Moore already on set. They've also lost a considerable amount of money um, trying to mm-hmm. like hold on, hold off on production, hold off on production. Um, but yeah, uh, like I think it's like five hundred thousand to a million, like ev- like because of this halt mm-hmm. that that Universal is losing like every day because of this whole There's director change. Yeah, they're losing a lot of money. Um, so yeah, um, so as for the first thing, Lynn leaving, uh, this. This was interesting. Again, we didn't report on it because I think we were off that week, but mm-hmm. um, there was an Instagram. I don't know if you saw this or not, but there was an Instagram video of Lynn with uh, Diesel. I think this was right before filming started where mm-hmm. where Diesel was just talking about like, hey, you know, this is going to be the best one, best one, right? And you could just look at Lynn's expression and it just looked like... You look uh, very uncomfortable. You look very uncomfortable. And then like a week later, he winds He's up... He's gone. He was like, I'm, I'm done with this. And yeah, I'm not surprised that it's uh, because of Vin Diesel. Because if you, I don't know if you've heard recently, but he's got a bit of a diva. Yeah, I heard that too. That right. it, he was just not, is it unprofessional and not showing up on like ready to go and stuff like that. And there's some, some issues. Yeah. And I'm just like, um, Jesus Christ. And then yeah. as for Latir coming in, Fine director. He did also the first two Transporter movies, so he has familiarity with cars. He also wouldn't be my first choice, but considering the very limited time that Universal has, as well as the fact that um, both F. Gary Gray, who did um, who did movie number seven, and then mm-hmm. um, oh no, movie number eight, and then James Wan, movie number seven, both have projects. Mm-hmm. And then someone, and then also like someone like David Leach, for example, is also working on something else as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine that this was probably like, okay, we need a director who can like fill in ASAP. And yeah. this is probably the best choice. Again, personally, not my first choice, but we'll see. Um, do you have any thoughts on this? Not really. I mean, it's just it's a shame that it's like having so much drama on the back end, but um I don't know. It just sucks. Hopefully, hopefully it's good. Um, I don't have a lot of strong attachments to Fast and Furious franchise, so like, um, it's not for me. But it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, yeah. definitely, and yeah, yeah. I just feel bad for the rest of the cast who are being dragged into this, you know, this, and the crew and stuff. Like, that's gotta suck. Yeah, and I remember in the report they said that like even like some of the crew members were like, "Do we leave or not?" But then like, Lynn, no, no, stay. Saying they mm-hmm. he gave their bless he gave his blessing to stay and stuff but yeah no I, this is a clusterfuck mm-hmm. and I, and I'm just like Jesus Christ Ben I'm just thankful that this is the last one because it's like <sighs> you would well, think this is the tenth one so this is that's a lot of movies you know uh-huh. like how much more can they do like I don't know like I've seen I don't think I've seen all of them but I've seen a good chunk of them um. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I I personally feel like they should have just stopped at seven, but that's just me, and yeah, that was mainly because of Paul Walker passing. Yeah, I agree with that honestly. Like I really thought they would have stopped after that. Mm. That was a big deal, but movies just make too much damn money. Apparently, 
I mean, the, well, the last one was the like the lowest grossing recently, but I think a part of that was due to the fact that it was delayed over a year, as well yeah. as the pandemic. So, mm-hmm. like, I think it made like seven hundred, um, seven twenty-three million, which compared yeah. to like the previous two, which I think made a billion, uh, uh, 400, 400 million short. So, so it made a lot of money, but not as much as normal. Yeah, and again, that was mainly due to other factors, just okay, you know, pandemic-wise and stuff, but. Yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, well, we'll, we'll see, we'll see how this one goes, but it's just, yeah, no, I, and honestly, I don't blame Lynn for leaving. I don't either. Oh, especially when you have to deal with shit like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to our final news topic of the day, according to the site that had, oh, and this one's a rumor mill, folks, so take away the grain of salt. Uh, according to the site that hashtag show. Uh, Lucasfilm and Disney are hard at work on a villain-centric Star Wars story that will band together with various villains from the Star Wars universe with the series set to be similar to the Suicide Squad or the Dirty Dozen. As the story details, the series occurs between the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy, placing in the time frame of The Mandalorian. Apparently, the show has been in development under secrecy for some time, with scripts being written and pre-production gearing up in an all-a-short time and with little attention, meaning that the show is essentially ready to shoot and will start shooting this uh, late December and in early fall. Um, Jamie, you have any thoughts on this? And what do you think it might be? It's, it seems pretty interesting. I have no idea. Um, uh, it could be fun, though. Like, mm-hmm. if it's, like, Suicide Squad-esque, where, like, you get a ragtag team of villains together, that could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but that be, that's really, I have no idea. Yeah. I'm not that deep in the Star Wars lore, so like my brain can't like pick out anybody off the top of my head because mm. I'm not using Darth Vader. Like that's just not. not yeah, no, me. yeah, no. And like they did say it was like in certain time frame of the Mandalorian, and that in the report they mentioned that characters from that show might appear. Oh, okay. So maybe hmm. maybe Mando or that's or, possible or Boba or any of those characters. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, no, I, I could definitely see that being the case, but it'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Anyways, um, now we get into our spoiler thoughts for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. If you have not seen the movie, if you're not seen the movie, which I highly recommend you do, please skip the um, please skip this portion mm-hmm. of the portion podcast because you do not want to be spoiled because we will go with the spoil spoilers. Um, and yeah, all right. Who wants to start? You want to start first, or should I? Because oh, I, 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 I don't even know where to freaking start. Um, I, I got some general thoughts. Go ahead. All right. Um, over. Um, so I saw the movie Thursday, and I also saw it again Friday, and I thought it was pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, and for the f- most part, um, this is a Sam Raimi movie through and through. Mm-hmm. It's any Sam Raimi movie, but an old school Sam Raimi movie, completely extinguished out of close-ups, reaction shots. POV sequence, Deadites, and much, much more. And you can see this also through Danny Elfman's score, which was great, as well as uh, the editing courtesy of his usual editor, Bob Morosky and Tia Nolan. Um, I thought the cast was excellent, uh, with some of the standouts being Elizabeth Folson as Wanda and mm-hmm. uh, Shilati. I'm going to butcher this butcher first name. I apologize in advance. Shiloti, Um I think that's how you say it. I've seen... Try to remember how, like, I've seen interviews and they've been pronouncing her name. I can't remember it. Um, but 
the young girl who plays America Chavez. Yeah, Shaloni Gomez as America Chavez. I really, I really enjoyed her, and I really liked her chemistry with Strange. If I had any issues with the movie, while I thought the script was good, while I thought Michael Walter's script was good, I did like it could have been better and a bit tighter in certain areas. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna give kind of give that a pass, especially given that they only such. From what I'm able to gather, they had a very short window to write this script. Because this, because I think, because I remember Raimi coming on, I think in like late night 2019, early 2020, and then this movie ultimately being pushed back and stuff due to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then, and again, we'll get into this after we're, after I'm done with the with my general thoughts. But there are some choices in this movie that I'm really, really curious to see how fans, certain fans, are going to feel about it because they're either going to love this or hate this. But overall. <laughs> Doctor Strange the Multiverse of Madness is a return form for director Sam Raimi, bringing out the best of his style to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Definitely recommend checking out this one ASAP. Also, make sure to stay at, stay after the credits for both a mid and after credits scene, um, both of which are very important. And now let's get into spoilers. Okay. <laughs> um, I didn't expect the one thing that I thought was interesting is um, I didn't expect this literally like when I've heard that like this movie like literally just drops you straight into everything going on mm-hmm. it's literally there's there's no introduction guys it just like goes straight into it mm-hmm. so like I, and i think that's a good thing for this film but also something that um maybe because the pacing of this film is kind of crazy mm-hmm. um <laughs> because i enjoyed this i i enjoyed this film a lot i and i think it like um I'm trying to get my words out. I think it was good. I like that Sam Raimi directed it because I think we it's a good break from the traditional Marvel like film stuff and like more traditional Marvel. Cause I do think it breaks the mold a little bit. It just mm-hmm. uh, cause it it if it, it, it was a Marvel movie, but it didn't feel like a Marvel movie, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um mm-hmm. but also it felt I don't know. There's also something that I felt was like, because I've been trying to figure out why I didn't like, because the performances were like this, actually, this movie actually made me like Dr. Strange a lot more than I did. Hmm. Um, to be honest. Um, like I like him a little bit more now than I did before. Like before I was kind of not that I didn't that, that I hated him, but I was kind of indifferent to him. He wasn't my favorite, mm-hmm. um, but I actually kind of like him now. Um, but um, yeah, and America Chavez, I think, is going to be a great character in the MCU. I can't wait to see what they do with her. Her powers are really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how they have the star for her portal, tra- like the shape and stuff. I think that's really cool. The effect for her power is pretty sick. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely felt like they were trying to go like the same with Tony and Peter kind of the same thing with america and steven like Mm -hmm. like he has a protege now kind of thing Mm -hmm. um i think that's cool um like that's interesting um okay i gotta i can't avoid wanda anymore i gotta talk about wanda let's talk about wanda i know uh elizabeth olsen is fantastic like holy crap Mm -hmm. like I don't know if it was just, like because the plot is very like 
Like, I feel like the only real thing you need to watch, the two things you need to watch before you see this movie, the first Doctor Strange and um, WandaVision. WandaVision. If you haven't seen WandaVision and you see this, you are probably so freaking confused <laughs> about what's going on with Wanda because, oh my God. Yeah, you're going to need to watch um, WandaVision, guys. Yeah, she's so fantastic. Like, yeah, yeah. No. Holy crap. Yeah, yeah. I want her to get it. I know she probably won't, but like, especially that her end scene, like in the we don't we don't see a body. Not that the last scene in the when she's talking with the other Wanda. Oh, like oh yeah, her with the when she scares the kids. Mm. Like that scene. Mm -hmm. Oh my god! Yeah, I want her to get an Oscar, but I know she probably won't because the Oscars don't recognize these movies as much, but. Yeah, no, that she was that, so good. That was that was a scene where I just was like, oh shit. She's terrifying. She low-key is terrifying in this movie. Like mm-hmm. I think we all knew she had like crazy amount of power. Mm-hmm. But holy sh- holy crap, the stuff that she can do now that she's like full on embraced it and mm-hmm. everything. And the 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 one thing that I keep thinking is, why did nobody after Endgame think to check on her? Like, it's still it's going to bug me now for the end of time because a lot of this probably could have been avoided if somebody made sure that she was okay. Because Clint, we're looking okay. at you. We're, we're, we're directly looking at you, Clint. Clint, seriously. Like, oh, especially after re-watching Age of Ultron and He's the one who's talking to her at the end of Endgame after Tony's funeral. Mm-hmm. Like, we're looking straight at hell? you, Clint. Like, Clint like took her under his wing a little bit. Like, this he, is all your fault, Clint. <laughs> it's not. I'm not putting the full blame on Clint, but like, there should have like, you would think after after everything, somebody would have been like, hey, maybe we should go and have somebody be with Wanda because she's lost her brother now. She's lost the guy she was in love with mm-hmm. and maybe and like she has a and her powers are tied to her emotions so maybe we should have somebody make sure she's okay like yeah. not like police her but like have somebody be there for her because like she like this, that's i feel like that's part of the problem is she's been alone now for so long now mm-hmm. if you think about it mm-hmm. um but yeah she she like that was the her part of the movie was the most intriguing part to me, to be honest. And but she was so good. Yeah, she was no. so good. And just, just, just fucking terrifying. Like there are moments. Like again, spo- again, this is a spoiler review. So, but when she kills the Illuminati, which, by the way, <laughs> um, okay, I'm gonna just make a confession here. Um, okay. So for a recap, when it came to like Spider-Man No Way Home, I and because it last 2020 was 2020, I subjected myself to a lot of the spoilers. Mm-hmm. And that kind of led into Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. And now after a little while, I did stop. But one of the spoilers that I ultimately reached up to was the killing of the um the eight um Earth's eight eight three eight, I believe it's called eight three eights Illuminati. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, also includes John Karansky as Mr. Fantastic, although I don't think... Okay, uh, which side note, um, we'll 
get back to Wanda in a second. Um, but side note, I don't think that that's going to be the 616 version. Or at least, I, I, or at least it's up until... Like, you don't think that's going to be our new canon? I, I He won't be in the new canon um, MCU? I don't... Fantastic Four? I don't know, because I would... Until about a week or two ago, I would say no. Because he, he was in the original one, right? That's him, right? In the one with Chris Evans? No, that's that um, some, that's someone else. That's somebody else? Okay. I don't know why I was tripping for a minute, but... Yeah, yeah. I'm... Because here's the thing. The internet really wants him to. But then... And I was going to say no, because I was hearing back and forth things. But then... And I don't... Shoot. I also don't think we reported on this as well. But John Watts left Fantastic Four. Yeah. That's so, a big deal. So, like, I don't know if they... If Karansky's going to wind up directing that or not. And if so, if he's going to star. But either way... Mm-hmm. Um, still, that's a big, huge deal. And, like, um, the Illuminati... And, like, when she... Uh, she when kicks she, him out. So. When she kicks him... Like, I think the group she most... Freaking, gruesome to- she freaking sliced Captain Carter in half with the shield, dude. And I then- was, like... When Captain Carter showed up, I'm like, oh, you're not lasting a second, honey. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're yeah. dead. And then also, like, for example, Anson Mount's Black Bolt. Uh-huh. His, I literally yelled out, what the fuck? Especially what happened to his fucking head. Well, like, I was like, first of all, I was like, why are you telling her his powers? I was like, are you that stupid? I'm like... And I know, I know this is a thing now. I'm finally realizing what people are like being divisive on is this. And like, if she was, if Wanda was too overpowered or whatever, um, that Reed Richards, or right, is supposed to be like one of the smartest people ever, right? Mm -hmm. Like, why would you tell your opponent like the power? Like, what? Like, why? Like, what you're gonna do? Like, why? Why would you do that? Like, of course, she then she takes away his power and kills him, like in like two seconds. It was that's, crazy. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. But I'm gonna use horror movie lo- horror movie logic in this, and like on also like here's the thing: the way that the, this or at least this version of the Illuminati is tied up is that they're kind of supposed to be arrogant pricks. Mm-hmm. So like, I got that. Like, I got that off the bat, especially the one dude. He was like. No, he was just not wanting to let Strange go. Baron. Yeah, um, I can't remember a, his a, name. A three eight. Uh, Baron Mortar. Yeah. Mortar. They were like, and I know that's. I know that. Like, I feel like people are forgetting. Like, they didn't. They didn't want to trust Strange like at all. Mm-hmm. Like when he got there, because their Strange on their universe messed up up really badly. So mm-hmm. they didn't want. Um. To trust him, like at all, mm-hmm. and I didn't care that freaking the Scarlet Witch was coming to destroy their universe, basically. Um, I get arrogant pricks, with the exception, for real. And, I, but, and that's definitely part of their downfall. If, yeah. if that's why, with the exception of I'm I'm referencing uh, Professor X. By the way, that wheelchair he's in is like '90s cartoon accurate. Which oh, that's in- cool. Which is interesting because we're literally getting a revival of the X Men anime series, mm. in, like sometimes, sometime in the next year or two. I don't know when it's coming out. But it was it was so cool to see him and Wanda interact, though. Like, 
because mm-hmm. he knows she has connections to the X-Men a little bit. So, like, she's I don't Mag- know. I thought that was kind of cool. She's Magneto's kid in the comics. Yeah, it was. Just, it's just interesting. Also, that line, and I kind of geeked out of this. Um, it's from the X and Days of Future Past. And it's actually kind of one of my favorite lines just in general, but also a line that, like, I keep in mind every time. I don't know. I just, uh, um, just because someone stumbles and falls doesn't mean they lost their way. Mm-hmm. And I just, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of geeked out. Slash. And that applies to Strange, and that I think is, well, if if Wanda's still alive after this movie. Mm. We didn't see Wanda, a body. We didn't see a body. Applies to our Wanda as well. Mm-hmm. I do, like, this was definitely her villain era. era. Like, this mm-hmm. is her villain arc, and she uh, went a little off the deep end because nobody was there. So Yeah, um, she she killed some folk. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty crazy. Um, as I still the- can't believe she took them off. Like took off the Illuminati like so easily. It was crazy. The right. only one who gave her a little bit of a fight was Cap- the Captain Marvel variant, Maria mm. Rambo. Which can I say? I knew it was her from the first trailer, and everybody was so convinced it was Superior Iron Man or whatever his name is. Yeah. Did you see like, that? Everyone yeah, was so convinced was a, it was an Iron Man variant. I'm like And a Tom Cruise one at that. Yeah. I was like, I was like, do you not see like the, the glowing around her? That's like Captain Marvel like glowy thing. Like it just looked like I was just I, again, funny. this is where I, especially as someone that did, did look at the look at some of the leaks, I I didn't know what was true, what was not, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be surprised. Here's the thing: they may have considered that at one point, but then they might have switched it. I don't know because they also I've also heard that this movie was editing until like literally the last few weeks. Mm. Yeah, no, like. Like I, she was really the only one, and honestly, probably the only reason why was that you know she, Captain Marvel's powers essentially come from one of the Infinity Stones, yeah, and stuff. So like, yeah. you know, she came red for her money, but yeah, no, she did. Like, but Wanda, Wanda, I think, and people are saying, how did she kill Captain Marvel? Is I feel like she weakened her, and she was like absorbing her power. She was doing something to her, and then mm-hmm. when she then the Mar- Captain Marvel variant took that fall. Mm-hmm. Um, like she was just really weak, and mm-hmm. then when Wanda dropped the statue on her, just killed her or whatever it was—the statue wall thing. So yeah, but yeah, no, Wanda. Wanda has a body count in this movie. She really, she she really does, and it's um, it's it's definitely going like. She's definitely, to me at least, one of the more interesting characters to watch now because, like, I honestly don't know what they're going to do. Because I don't know. Because they're, now that we have the multiverse, if our Wanda's actually dead, they can still play with a different version of Wanda. Mm-hmm. And we still have white vision out there from WandaVision. Oh, so, yeah, like, we do. Yeah, so, like, there's still stuff that they can do even if our Wanda is dead and still keep elizabeth olsen around because like she really like like benedict cumberbatch did such a did a fantastic job in this movie and he Uh was really great but she stole the show for me because she just like she was low-key like i felt like she could actually like play it i felt like she was always on this edge of like being able to be truly scary and she was actually truly scary in this movie 
Yeah, especially with like her glowing red eyes and stuff, and just mm-hmm. her just wanting to. Essentially, she almost turned into a little bit of a Karen, where she was willing to sacrifice one kid for another. I know. And yeah, like, just a little bit, a little bit. And like that's... I didn't like that. I really didn't like that motive. But I'm also like, I I was like, man, why Wanda? Why can't you just like have? And but then uh, America actually did the smart thing. It was like, well, let's just put her in the other Wanda's universe and like and stuff. And then that's what. And then she scared the kids. So mm-hmm. I was like, that that actually like needed to happen. Because that actually is what snaps Wanda out of it mm-hmm. a little bit. Because like she sees how terrified Billy and Tommy are of her, mm-hmm. of her, not of their mother, Wanda, mm-hmm. but of her, and realized, oh crap. Mm-hmm. Like I'm yeah. So and I thought it was interesting that um the other the other version of Wanda we see in this movie. Um, like, because what she does is she's able to, like, tap into the other version of Wanda and, like, mm-hmm. control her, basically. Dreamwalking. Dream Dreamwalking and stuff. So she's actually, like, because we see other, we see Scarlet Witch in the other Wanda's body mm-hmm. doing, a, doing a lot of the killing in mm-hmm. that universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and stuff. So, like, we um but the other version of wanda ends up i don't know if like forgiving is the right word but she understands her mm-hmm. and empathizing like, empathizing yeah because one because like yeah that's a big part of wanda's powers um mm-hmm. and so she empathizes with her and like and like that last scene is one of the most heartbreaking things because she's just like just know their mm-hmm. love that's what she says i was like I couldn't mm-hmm. really hear that in the theater, unfortunately. I'm like, what did she say? I didn't yeah, hear it the like, first time. When I heard the second time, I was like, okay, I know know that they'll be loved. Yeah, it was it was very sad. And it's just But it's yeah. just very interesting to see what they can do with her now because like uh-huh. are they gonna wanna like if our Wanda's still alive, is she gonna want are they gonna do a redemption arc? Are we going to like now that the multiverse is wide open, are we going to like um, made another version of Wanda mm-hmm. and, and al- stuff. Also, are we still getting Billy and Wiccan for Young Avengers? For real, Th- that's definitely like because they're good and they're still sticking around too. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they did a good job too. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, because like they're definitely setting up something for the younger kids because we got like a lot of younger people. Young Avengers, here we characters. go. We're, they're setting it up for something. Yeah. So, yeah, my my guess is Young Avengers, and yeah, I, I definitely can see that. But yeah, no, um, but yeah, no, this this one is a doozy. And then also, um, uh, what else? What else are we missing? Uh the mid the mid credit scene. Can you? I ha- I was so confused. I'm so okay. bad at. Can okay. you explain this to me? Okay, <laughs> I had no so, idea what was okay, happening. so. So, um, okay, first off, uh, the ending, which in which Steve or which Steve probably due to the Dark Hole, him using Dark Hole, gets mm-hmm. a third eye, which was a very Sam Raimi ending. Yeah. Like, like if you've seen like Evil Dead or Evil Dead and stuff, it is very much like a like 
again, it's a horror movie ending where like the mm-hmm. killer or some or something supernatural happens in the like the last frame where you think everything's normal and peaceful, then he gets a third eye. Mm-hmm. And what happens next? Um, so my guess is that that's Clea. And for those that for those that don't know who Clea is, Clea is Doctor Strange's main love interest in the comics, and oh, is really? also the do- the uh, daughter of Dormammu. Oh. And the role is played by Charlize Theron. Now, this was something I did not know. Okay, I did not know. I did not. I did not look it up. I did not hear about it. They kept this really under wraps, and I I was like, holy shit! Like I and just. That's going to be very interesting. That's also going to be really interesting with Strange as well, because I think at this point, like, he is now officially, like, closed the book and has officially moved on from Christine mm-hmm. and stuff. So maybe he found his new match with Clea, but we'll, we'll see how that goes and stuff. I honestly, like, the stuff with Christine um, was actually, like, pretty realistic, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. I think they did a pretty good job with that. Like, mm-hmm. um, he obviously like still still loved her, but he understood that like he had to let her go. So it was actually kind of like I didn't mind it that much. So I I didn't mind it either. It felt very earnest, which yeah. is which is Raimi's which is Raimi's style, and like I don't know, it just felt like something also like out of Spider Man too. Yeah, it didn't like it felt. I, I don't know what it like how to explain it, but it felt very like grounded. Mm-hmm. I guess. And like just honest, mm-hmm. and a little bit more realistic in a movie about multiverse travel. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like it's like oh, you see your ex again, but she's a different person and stuff. And also like mm-hmm. there's there's one moment I think she's where Rachel McAdams. Also, I actually like Rachel McAdams a bit more in this movie because she got so much more to do. Mm-hmm. She it's, was she was she was pretty good in this movie. Yeah, especially that one moment where she takes like a uh, like a pot or something, and it's like see you in hell, and starts blasting. Yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty cool. I was yeah. like, whoa! I was like, wow, she's pretty smart. That's good. <laughs> yeah, no, she. Yeah, no, she's awesome. But either way, uh, yeah, but yeah, no, that's the mid credit scene, and then the post credit scene is seeing Bruce Campbell again. Which, by the way, we got Bruce Campbell. Yeah. In a in a cameo scene, and I'm not I'm not gonna lie, my my theater went nuts. I been hearing like mobile theaters have had mixed reactions because I don't think a lot of people remember Bruce Campbell mm-hmm. um, or maybe have not seen Evil Dead in which um, go watch the Evil Dead films and just yeah mm-hmm. but yeah or any or any of the Spider-Man movies because he's in like all three Raimi Spider-Man movies yeah that last one was pretty funny though he's like oh it's finally over it was really <laughs> it's like okay <laughs> it, it, it reminded me a bit of a Ferris Bueller yeah it was pretty funny yeah. I laughed but yeah but overall, I'm still trying to figure out where I'm going to rank this in my MCU ranking list. But like, mm-hmm. I will say, um, despite certain issues with the script and stuff, I really dug this movie. And I am curious, again, I am somewhat curious to see how people fe- are going to feel about Wanda. Because I think while well, you and I probably like it, I imagine that this is probably going to be a massive 180 for some people. I think that's what I, that's where I'm interested in. Because like, I was actually like, listening to some podcasts and about the mcu and one was talking about wandavision before this even came out and like i feel like people like i feel like it's going to depend on how you interpreted wandavision Mm -hmm. and wanda in wandavision Mm -hmm. because like if you felt like 
for for me personally, I felt like she didn't intend to enslave the whole town. I feel like when she let out the hex, it was just she was so she didn't mean to do it. It wasn't on purpose. Um, yeah, it was bad that she didn't stop for a while, but like she did eventually stop. And I'm not saying what it like what she did wasn't messed up. It was extremely messed up, but mm-hmm. like. She didn't intentionally go to do that in uh-huh. that town. Like, that was my interpretation of mm-hmm. that. And I feel like if you interpreted as her purposely doing it, because I feel like people are starting to shift 180 and not like her anymore. Uh-huh. But, like, for me, I just, I get her because she has been through probably, like, her and Thor and Peter have been through a lot. Uh-huh. So, like, I feel like they're kind of the ones who have a lot of like emotional baggage with like family and loss and a lot of stuff. So yeah, yeah, most definitely. And I I I, I agree with that as well because I'm just thinking. All right, who has the most trauma here? For, <laughs> for real, for real. I, I, oh my god. I also would say like Nat also takes the cake. Nat, yeah. <laughs> That also takes the cake for that, but like, yeah, I know you're not wrong, and like, I'm just because if you if you think about it, like, mm-hmm. that's always where I come from. It's like, was Wanda the villain in this movie? A hundred percent, she was the villain. Was mm-hmm. she wanted to kill? She wanted to take America's powers so that she could go and be for boys. Mm-hmm. Was that the right? And that taking her power, America's powers, is going to kill her. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't great. Was not was not great. But like, this is where I'm so frustrated of the fact that we don't get time seeing people seeing the Avengers check in on each other because like, I know part of it is just like the way that the movies are structured and the way they work. And we're not going to see everything. And mm-hmm. I'm also like, where the hell was somebody else on the Avengers team checking in on Wanda this whole time? Like, did they really just let her leave and go alone for like the last like since since Endgame? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's like I don't it, it confuses me because they were supposed to be this huge team, and I know like Tony's Tony's gone, Steve and Tony are gone, Nat's gone. So like, I know like mm-hmm. they were kind of like I know Thor was a leader too, but like mm-hmm. Nat took over during Endgame, making mm-hmm. sure everything was going right. So like, I don't know. It's just like. Clay, I swear if you would have just like made a trip up to Westview to check on her, maybe this wouldn't have happened. Mm. But she was just very she she just stole the show for me. And I didn't I thought she was great and she was terrifying and I feel like Elizabeth Olsen finally could be like, I could actually play the villain now. Let's go have fun. Yeah. I I think Remy let her go loose, which speaking of which he really did. Do we want Raimi to come back for movie number three? I wouldn't mind it. I, wouldn't mind I think it he did a good job. I felt like I know people are like this didn't feel like a proper MCU maybe. I didn't. I like the change of pace. Uh-huh. I like the 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 different feel of this movie compared uh-huh. to under other MCU movies because I felt like it was a nice breath of fresh air. I didn't feel so sterilized, I guess. Mm-hmm. the right word not that the others aren't good because like winter soldier is probably one of my favorite mcu movies and 
That's Mm -hmm. very much a proper MCU superhero movie Mm -hmm. Um, and, and stuff. So, Mm. yeah, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't mind it. I didn't mind the horror stuff in this, to be honest. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't mind either. But yeah, no. Um, but yeah, no, that is our review of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, definitely recommend checking this one out ASAP. That way you won't get spoiled mm-hmm. on the internet because I probably imagine after this week we're probably gonna get spoilers. Yeah, it's already kind of starting to happen. That's why I went and saw it last night after work because I'm like, I was already starting to see people post about it like uh-huh. on TikTok, they, but they were giving like 20 second warnings, so they started talking. So I was able to scroll, scroll by. Uh-huh. Um but I was like, yeah, I kind of have to go see this movie now because I don't want to be spoiled. Yeah. So. All right. And then moving on to our last and the last thing for today. Um, so remember last week I d- talked about a movie that was about to, that's about to come out called We Need to Talk. Well, mm-hmm. I got to speak with the writer director today and it was a really interesting interview and stuff. Um, and here you go. Hello, my name is Josh, and welcome to an episode of A Conversation with Geeks, a podcast where we talk about movies, comics, and everything in between. Today, we have on uh, director Todd Wolf. Say hi, Todd. Hi, Todd. And <laughs> hi, Josh. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. As the two of us are going to talk about his upcoming film, We Need to Talk, starring James Maslow and Emily Brett Records. Yes, Felicity is in this. <laughs> um, first off, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for um, thank you. Thank you for providing us with your presence. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Josh. I'm, I'm I'm excited to be here. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, um, I'm just curious, but what inspired the story for We Need to Talk? Because it's a pretty actually interesting story. Um, when, yeah, when is uh, I, I mean, I, I think I can start with just the premise of We Need to Talk. I think I thought of, I I came up with that at one point. Like, oh, that would be that would be a clever title and a premise, and I put a pin in that and put it in my phone where all good ideas go to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then. Uh, and then, um, you know, I've, I worked with uh, a YouTube creator for a long time, uh, Jared Poland from Frono's Photo. If anybody is familiar with a photographer out there, he'll, they'll be familiar with him as a YouTuber. And, uh, you know, he's a bit eccentric. And I was like, oh, there's some there's a story there as well about somebody in that world. And then uh, I'm a gamer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and being a filmmaker or, or a creator, as, as, as you can probably attest to, you know, you got some free time every once in a while that not everybody else has. So I found it very interesting as who, who's playing video games at two o'clock on a Tuesday and, um, you know, a whole host of characters. And, and, you know, I was like, oh, man, this would make a good story, too. And then one day I decided to just make some gumbo and I put all that together. And I was like, you know what? I think this could be pretty fun if I put all this together. And then, you know, I basically put a little layer of, um, you know, my own personal work life imbalance in there where, you know, sometimes, you know, I tend to put work ahead of uh, some of the people in my life when I shouldn't. So I got to check myself and I think we all do that here and there. Yeah. So I, 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 uh, I, I uh, added that. So maybe it's an apology to my wife, maybe not, but uh, but that's kind of how it all came about. It was kind of a culmination of multiple ideas. And, and I was like, oh, I should put them together. And, uh, and, it, and, it, and it, I hope it worked out. And it all came from making gumbo. I, I, there's a metaphor in there that I just. Mm. <laughs> I mean, gumbo's tasty. I mean, you know, and I found over the years that, you know, all the little ideas you have for these big stories and this big story and that big story. Sometimes, you know, they're coming from your brain. They have similar threads and sometimes you just 
put them together and then you're like, oh, that's a very dynamic idea there. So that's a little secret sauce for you there, Josh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just, I never thought of it that way. Hmm. Interesting. Anyways, um, so this has a whole list of cats, but mainly the big, so this just might be just for my generation alone because I'm clearly on the younger side, only about 23. But when I saw the cast name, obviously Emily Brett Records was in was the first name that appeared. But then James Maslow from freaking Big Time Rush. Okay, I have to ask, how did you manage to get James on board? Because that 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 kind of no, hit my nostalgia. I, I, I got to tell you, it was the script. So I had I I I wrote the script, sent it out to a casting director, have her start reaching out to people, and you know they all reacted to the script and and put audition tapes down for me. I got their audition tapes and uh, and again, I was like, I'm going to make this as easy as possible. The, they crushed their auditions and I'm like, yeah, just come and do that for me in front of the camera and that'll be perfect. James, James had like the most pristine, highly produced audition tape you'll ever see. I mean, it was absolutely wonderful with the lighting and the, and the, and the camera angles. I was like, man, he's really going in. Um, the only thing that put me off was I like, man, he's pretty. He's really pretty. <laughs> and I was like, uh, you know, he's not, he's not a gamer I know. I was expecting a schlub like me <laughs> to be, uh, you know, the gamer. And, uh, and I was like, man, he's pretty. But then, um, but then I was like, oh, no, nah, man, he's killing this. And then, I, and then it dawned on me. I was like, you know, his, you know, the comedy he did in Big Time Rush, it's not far off from where kind of great Scott needed to be. And that mm-hmm. kind of like not, not being afraid to be, have some fun and be silly. But then mm-hmm. I also challenged James in the script, challenged him to, you know, go a little more dramatic, go a little more heartfelt, a little more, a little more depth mm-hmm. than maybe, maybe people have seen from him in the past. So, you know, I think if you're a bit fan of Big Time Rush, you'll certainly enjoy the silliness that I, I, I have great Scott do. Um, but then there's also a lot more meat on the bone. Mm-hmm. I hope. Oh, yeah, I know. There, there definitely was. And it's just when I was watching the movie, you know, I just realized, oh, my God, this guy is fucking funny. Like he is like Ryan Le- Ryan Reynolds level. And keep in mind, it's also uh, it's funny you say that. Yeah, yeah, no, we got that a lot on set. He was he's he's um he's he's great at improv. And and what was amazing was um so was Jonathan. Jonathan Fernandez is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um and then Emily as well. I mean, they all were very loose and and I gave them the permission to to kind of do that. Like I you know, I, the scripts, I, when it comes to scripts, it's a roadmap. We can mm-hmm. certainly take the scenic route as long as we get where we need to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, de- definitely, definitely. And I didn't, and also speaking on that, especially with the improvisation that you kind of allowed the actors to do, um, which you may have also just answered my next question, kind of. Um, how much improv did you allow on set, especially with, uh, with James and the way he just um, communicated? Yeah, I mean, a lot. You'd be surprised at how much was written. But, um, you know, he, he would definitely add a lot to it. I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I shoot a lot of takes. And it's not just for me. It's a lot of times for the actors so they can kind of get a sense of who they, they're, where they want to be in the moment. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we weren't a big budget movie. You know, it's not like I could fly him in and we had a week of rehearsals and we could figure out the characters. Mm-hmm. We had a fit, we, he flew in one day and, and the next day we were shooting. So, you know... I give them a lot of takes to really kind of get a, get a hold of the character. And um, within that 
comes these little bits of improv that I'm like, yep, keep adding that more of that, please. And, um, you know, we kind of, we kind of found great Scott together through that process. Interesting. 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 Um, and speaking on that, um, you know, you mentioned that, you know, you only had these actors for like a certain amount of time and stuff. What were some, also some of the other struggles that you had while making the film? I'm very curious. Probably that. I mean, the, 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 you know, we had James for 20 days. We shot it in 20 days. Um, so we had James for the majority of it. Um, probably the challenge was just scheduling. You know, e- Emily came in for two days. Mm. So we had to, you know, we really had, that was, a, that was challenging. Um, scheduling is always a challenge. But I think probably the biggest challenge of the film itself was, was shooting in his apartment, Great Scott's apartment, where we lived for a good chunk of time. Mm-hmm. And just making it feel unique and uh, different in different scenes and just trying to add more and more to it, you know, trying to trying to keep it fresh, trying to keep it entertaining and move the camera in different ways in different places as much as we possibly could. So so it, it would stay fresh for the audience. So that, that was a challenge for sure. Um, you know, but I, I, I hope uh, I hope I hope we accomplished it. <laughs> Yeah, and then my next question is, was it tricky um, to provide commentary on like the whole YouTube games here? Because let's be honest, it's a multi-million dollar industry, especially nowadays. And stuff. Sure. While like not outright condemning it, it was because it was very interesting watching the movie and like there was a kind of thin line that you had where it was like a fine line. And I was just wondering if that was tricky, especially when like writing the script and then ultimately editing it. So, and also I'm just curious of like how... Um, if anyone from the YouTube community, especially that side of the YouTube community has like responded and stuff. No, not really. I mean, I think, I think if anything, I've seen people react in, 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 uh, in the way that they, 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 it's familiar. I'll leave it at that, that people are like, I know people like this. I've, I've struggled with this myself. I mean, I've had people tell me like, I will finish watching the movie. And then I, I made reservations for dinner for my significant other immediately because they were like, I need to get my shit together. <laughs> so, you know, again, I, I think at the end of the day, if, if folks can laugh and, um, you know, really just go along for the, the roller coaster of a ride with great Scott, and then, you know, come out on the other side and be like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to call my friend or I'm going to call my significant other. Or I'm going to do X, Y, and Z and, and make sure I'm taking care of the people in my life. Uh, because this, you know, this little job I got, no, no matter how big you are or large you are, you know, is, is only temporary. Those relationships are more important. Yeah, most most definitely. You know, we're only in this world for at least one time and stuff. So got to make the most of it. Got to make the most. The, the memories are the only thing that 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 um, that you really can pass down to people. Everything else is temporary. Mm-hmm. Those are permanent. Yeah. And finally, this is my last question. Uh, what's your next project? Uh, what would you like to tackle next? Uh, I've been working on a movie called Adultland. Uh, it's a it's uh, set in the early 2000s about uh, an adult video store clerk who um, has to convince his best friend to not give up porn once because he, he's going to get married and he wants to give up porn. And uh, it's um, pretty silly, pretty silly. And it's it's kind of, uh, you know, it honestly, at the end of the day, it's, it's a movie about um, changing friendships. Mm-hmm. That moment in time when, you know, your friend gets married or your friend has a kid. And like your relationship changes. It's like this adult change, this adult like coming of age kind of deal when your friends kind of go on and do something else and you're kind of left behind or or you leave somebody behind and those relationships change. It's kind of like that. And it's based in the time, the time, the time of, you know, 
in the adult industry, right? Right when the internet started kind of pushing these businesses out. Uh-huh. So as you know, this adult relation, his adult relationships with his friends are changing just as kind of this industry is changing. It's kind of an interesting dynamic, comedic uh-huh. ensemble. Uh, so if you like adult land, uh, certainly a different story, but definitely a similar style. Oh yeah. It'll yeah. be stupid for sure. I, I, you got me with the 2000s premise, especially as someone that was born in 99. You got me with the 2000s. <laughs> yep. It's, it's a, it's a lot of, a uh, lot of fun Easter eggs, not too heavy, but um, it, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. And you know, let's just have one more question. Um, what were some of like the major inspirations um, earlier before the show, we, we were, I was coming to you on in the background. Um, you had a poster of, the Breakfast Club, Breakfast Club and Weird Science. And I was just thinking, like, well, what were some of the inspirations? I, I know I kind of asked this question already. Like, what was the inspiration? Yeah. Something? But what was some of, like, you know, the f- filmmaking technical iterations um, for we need for we need to talk? I know you mentioned uh, Hughes, for example, but were there any others? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love Harold Ramis. Um, I, I always loved uh, John Landis. You know, a lot of those 80s, 70s, 80s guys are you know had a lot of classic movies where they were they were funny they were raunchy sometimes they were a little inappropriate (laughs) but they had a lot of heart sometimes like they had a lot of heart Mm -hmm. and i always really liked that kind of you know the warm and fuzzies kind of at the end of some of those movies and i I always strive for that you know and i I still you know contemporarily i mean i love uh you know edgar wright's great you know as far as comedic stuff you know judd apatow always has always says has something funny coming out so so you know he's interesting um you know Peyton over that does ant-man he's great there's a lot of like folks that i love now but i think what inspires me most is i i like i strive to do i love comedies and i strive to do comedies but with a kind of a layer of um i don't know art to it like i love movies like uh away we go or um you know um, um yeah and 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 i loved um like safety not guaranteed like movies that are really interesting and beautiful and and pretty to look at um but have real funny things happening you mm-hmm. know what i mean like comedies don't have to be you know kind of flat and and shot on a 50 millimeter they can they can look they can look they can look at art house so I think if anything, I, I, I kind of strive for that art house comedy. I don't know if I'll ever get there. I don't think art houses will play comedies and I don't know if comedy people want to want to do an art house film, but that's kind of where that's kind of where my head's at. Like I like that's what I'm striving for. Whether or not I hit the mark, we'll see. All right. All right. All right. I, I dig that. I dig I dig that definitely, especially as someone that does like a share of comedies as well. Um, but yeah, no, anyways, I believe that concludes our interview. Thank you so much, Todd, for um, taking some time to talk to me about your up- upcoming film. And yeah. Thank you, Josh. I appreciate it. Love being here. And uh, and folks can uh, check, you know, check out where they can find the movie at we need to talk movie.com. And, uh, and I'm on socials. I am Todd Wolf. And check me out there. You can yell at me if, uh, you know, if you like the movie, certainly reach out. If you, if you did not like the movie, uh, my name is Josh Martin. So yeah, that was a very interesting interview. Uh, thank you to Todd for um, allowing me to talk to you, talk to you about your influences, how you got the movie made, and how you got James involved, and other cool stuff. And yeah, and I believe that concludes our show for the week. Jamie, my closing us out. Yep. Um, feel free to follow us on all our social media pages. We're on 
Facebook. We're on Twitter at Convo with Two Geeks. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation with Two Geeks. And if you want to send us an email about anything from this episode or a previous episode, we're at Conversation with Two Geeks at gmail.com. Anyways, we'll see you guys soon. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.